Thank you for joining us today. This is Worth the Admission Podcast. My name is B. Frank. And I'm Travis. And today we're talking about the Best Picture nominated Oscar movies, which consists of Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Yes, this was uh, I think this was the first year I actually tried to watch all of them. So this was kind of fun to be able to see what else is out there. Because, I mean, we all see the mainstream stuff, but this is kind of kind of – the Oscars is a nice way to go off the beaten path and see what really good cinematography is. And there's other good movies out there, even though they may not have your favorite superheroes or, you know, the biggest explosions or the biggest movie stars. They're still really good. Some of these stories were amazing just from a story standpoint. And then others – you know, not so much, but <laughs> let's start it off with Black Panther. Now, when I watched this as part of the Oscar nom rewatch, I realized I had never really given a true review of a Marvel movie. So it was very interesting looking for specific things instead of just watching for enjoyment. Well, you took a you took a movie that not only is a good movie and it's not even a good superhero movie. But this is a big cultural swing for not just Marvel. I mean, you're talking a movie that had black leading actors and a majority. It was an all, basic a majority all black cast. It's not only that. It's it's also this is the first superhero movie to be nominated for best picture. We're getting this there. is a milestone. This is big. I mean, this isn't just oh, this is a popular fan vote movie. This is this is this has this deserves the talks for how good it is. When and this works as a standalone film. Even if you haven't necessarily seen all the other Marvel movies, you could hop into this and find Wakanda as a standalone on its own. And I think this was one of the biggest reasons it was nominated is because it does work as a standalone film and isn't just another part of the franchise. It has its own story that it's trying to tell, and it isn't necessarily a continuation of anything else. This was a great original story. To me, this is when when you when you think of origin stories and how well they've been done over the years, for Black Panther to tell the story as well as it did, it gives you that full backstory. I there's a lot of questions because this wasn't a predominantly main character. You know, this was always a side and B character. Nowadays, it's luck we're lucky enough to, for it to have its own light to shine. But that was one of the biggest things. It's so character driven. It's really well written. The action scenes are good. Which is everything that we expect from a Marvel movie. But it pushes that envelope a little bit further. For a long time, Marvel just lulled us into good movies. They were good, but they all they did was progress a storyline. This was one of the first movies in a long time from Marvel that we got just a solid standalone movie. And not only having a solid standalone movie, so well done that it's a, now a new benchmark to me. I think other movies have to come near this, especially in the superhero genre. Because this is telling you that, hey, you have to have a backstory and you have to have origins. But you also, at the end of the day, this movie needs to be able to have legs and stand alone. I want to be able to watch this one and not have to watch others. And this is the that's what makes this movie so good. Well, one thing that really stood out to me was the visual aspect. You know, the beginning scene was a single shot of CG, which is obviously easier to do than than truly filming it. But then the Korean, uh, the Korean casino scene was presented as one shot as well, which I didn't notice the first time I watched it. Then we get to the music, where I, I myself am not much of a rap listener, but it is obviously a really good soundtrack. And Best Original Song, I think, is one of the Oscars it was nominated for. The reason why this movie works as well, too, obviously there's great people, but people like Ryan Coogler, who's a very, very talented man, it was a community effort to me. 
when people wanted to have this movie done and they wanted it done right, they went out and did it. They got a really good director. Their score was really good. Their actors were really good. And that's hard to do and bring all together in one piece, especially with something that has that moving parts and is that long. A lot of these Oscar movies, they're, all, they're long. You know, they're two, two and a half hours. And a lot of them, a lot of them drag. And to have an action movie, a, a, let alone a superhero movie, is outstanding. The list of movies is kind of cut in half and put on two sides. You get the one side where the movies are just made. They're not necessarily made artistically with special cinematography or anything like that. And then you have the other side on like the Roma, the favorite, where you have multiple different aspects of filmmaking that are very prevalent, but that also kind of take away, in my opinion, from the viewing. Next we have up is Black Klansman. I was really excited to see this. It was presented more as an overall comedy. Let's talk about Topher Grace and how racist he turned out to be. Oh my goodness. And he played that very well. He played the leader of the KKK, Mm -hmm. period. He played the Grand Wizard's Grand Wizard. I I was floored when he showed up out of nowhere and, and was the leader. I was surprised by this movie. You told me how much you liked this movie, and I really wasn't sure. And it wasn't necessarily, oh... It's, a com- it's presented as a comedy, it's presented as this. I really didn't know a lot about it. I knew it was a Spike Lee movie, and that was about it. And I saw who was in it. I remember seeing, I know obviously we all know who Adam Driver is, and uh, Denzel Washington's son, right? I forget his name. Uh, John David Washington. John David Washington, he, which was surprisingly good. I love him in Ballers. But it like I yeah. knew though they were, they were familiar enough faces. I was like, oh, this is really, this is interesting. I love the premise. I love a black guy trying to join the KKK, and... As much as it is funny in certain points, because there is a funny part that I will talk about, to me it's it's still another eye-opener. And I think this is a, another one of those movies where, like Black Panther, it's educational. Spike Lee does present it in a way that is racially charged, and it does display society during that time. You even have one of the police officers who is extremely racist. But it, it it's serious and comedy. It starts off with Alec Baldwin... And an overall clan message, which sets the tone for the movie. Yeah, this is one of those movies, though. It's a it's racially charged, but if you didn't have Spike Lee doing that, I don't think you would have quite the film. I think that rawness and that edginess that he wants to bring to it, you know, he wants to show you, but he also wants you to feel it, too. And that's why those images at the end of those videos are so hard to watch, because people fail to realize that that's the real life that we live in. The movie is the real life that they lived in at that time. But to get back to the lighter side of it, I do really enjoy. I love the calls throughout where he's calling the KKK leader. He's calling Topher Grace and he's prank calling him the entire time. And it's hilarious because throughout the movie, they progressively get bigger. There's a bigger and bigger crowd that kind of gets around as he's making the calls to the head office. And them all him trying to quiet everybody down every time they crack up every time they hear it is just hilarious it's just that was a cool nice light shining point and a funny point in a movie that had a, obviously a lot serious and darker undertone and right before the the current event videos we get a good final funny scene and he calls Topher grace and he's talking to him and then he goes are you sure earlier in the movie Topher grace's character says that that is how black people say are they say ara and so when when he goes over the phone and goes ara you're sure everybody cracks up laughing and then just the look and extended shot of tover grace just was hilarious overall 
this was another movie where maybe I would not have seen it. Maybe I would have seen it. I, I There's other things by Spike Lee I've liked before. But this was a good look overall. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Now, with Best Picture, do I think it wins? I think there's other movies I think we're probably going to talk about that will win. But this was an enjoyable watch. Whether No matter what happens, I think it's a, definitely an eye-opener, and I think it's something that everybody should go and check out. Next up, we have Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, I know you have mm. very strong feelings about this. I, I, as a film, enjoyed it. I thought there were things that could have been done better. I did think Rami Malek, hands down, deserves his Oscar nomination. All right, so the thing with Bohemian Rhapsody is it's an okay movie. There's a lot of issues, and... I agree a lot with the people that say it's kind of overrated. Now, we're taking a movie that was pulled apart and ripped to shreds and revived and killed so many different times. We had Sasha Baron Cohen as Freddie Mercury at one point. To me, the highlight of this movie are all the musical parts. I thought in this scene, you have a lot of just dialogue and it's the biography part of the story. And then I think you get into the biography of the songs. And I thought the biography of the songs and how they broke those down and how you got the chords and kind of how it slowly started to become the song that it was, I think really drove what the story was and how it performed because those were kind of the key moments throughout the movie that really moved it along. It was always when the song came on, that was a moment in time. That's where he was. And, and that's who he was as a person. It's a tough part for Rami Malek to play because of Freddie Mercury's one in a million. He is, he's just such an eccentric human being. And you were able to see that, but you're also able to see the other demons and the sides that he had. And it was for me, I'm a big queen fan and I never knew a ton about Freddie Mercury behind the scenes is because this is before anybody's time. And not a lot of things have been said, but I think he killed it. I think he absolutely did a great job. I think he was the best part of this movie. And I thought the musical scenes were, but other than that, I thought the scenes always just lacked that little bit of something else. I thought it was a good movie, but I thought it could have been better. I think whether it be just how it was edited, they get in, they're getting an Oscar nom for editing, and I don't see it. But that's me personally. But I liked like when they did Live Aid. I'm I actually saw how that I saw how that was shot. I then when it was being shot and filmed, it was just a little stage in the middle of England. You know, just off in a farm field. I mean, everything behind was gone. They just literally built the Live Aid stage, and that was it. Things like that I thought was really cool visually, but that was really about it. Cinematography didn't blow me away on anything. It was a darker movie, but for how colorful he was, I would never really got that. I always seemed like it was a little bit on a, a downer note. I mean, you had those exciting moments, but to me, it just always missed that little bit of 10% that I think could have made it a better movie. For me watching this movie, I, I enjoyed it. I did learn stuff, but I also did get that sense of this could have been better. This could have been more. I don't think Rami Malek could have done more. I think he did his no, best. No, absolutely I not. Think it shows. Uh, I just think that the story that he was set within could have been better. I also didn't think that they were going to show the Live Aid concert at the end. I thought this was going to be a movie where they it lead up to up. it, and then he steps out on stage, and it's like, blackout. I actually watched the real Live Aid concert with them. It's pretty spot on. Even the little things like raising his fist and, you know, looking out to the camera while he's at the piano. Like, that was really cool. Well, that, watch. I mean, that stuff kind of has to have be realistic, though. If you think about that, when Live Aid happened, they're not joking about the number of people. Like, a bil they tried to get a billion people to watch this. And at that time, it was a huge epidemic. So, 
to me, I mean, for people, there was no, you know, there was no online, like watching this on TV and being able to watch this live. It was iconic. And I think that's why they had to be so accurate to it. I can see why Bohemian Rhapsody got an Oscar nom, but I don't think that that it will win. No, I think it falls too short. I think music wise, I as a music like a, as a music kind of biopic documentary, whatever you know, whatever you want to call it, I think it was great. I think they picked a really great band in Queen to do so, especially with a lot of you know they still have members living. So I think it was kind of a really cool tale to see, and they worked really closely with Queen worked really cl- closely with this film. And they tried to make it as accurate as possible. And I think it was. I just don't think it was done to the best possible way it could have been made. Now we get to move into The Favorite. As some of you know, I was not too excited to watch The Favorite. And Travis and I actually traded off. I was to watch The Favorite. He was to watch Roma. Yes, I felt I had to watch Roma as well. But we'll get into that. The Favorite is a very hard period piece. The acting and the filmmaking was great. I, I see why it was nominated as a film. Um, I, I do think Olivia Coleman is going to win win the Best Actress um, Oscar. I think she completely killed it, and I think Emma Stone has a really good chance of winning for the Supporting Actress. The story and the characters I just didn't connect with. My roommate put it a good way. He, he said, I am not the target audience, and that is very true. As, as a film, and a fil- from a filmmaking standpoint, I totally get it, but I think when you win an Oscar, the story has to be fully there as well. It, it was wittingly intelligent, it was told in chapters, you know, it was done very artistically, and the cinematography, it uses a lot of pan back and forth, a lot of zoom in and tracking shots, and so I, I do think that it has a good shot at cinematography. Overall, it just it fell short to me. I just didn't didn't connect to it. The two things I guess I liked the most were how they used light. Because there was no electricity, everything is open, so it's all natural sunlight during the day, and then it's all candlelight by night. They used the light to their advantage. The light, when it's dark and they're using a candle, is often when they're shown trying to hide their, li- their lies, trying to do their, their underhanded things. And then you get the bright scenes where they're all the chippy dory. The other thing too was the music. It was all period music, and I'm a fan of instrumental, obviously. And so to hear Handel and Vivaldi, um, there's a lot of Bach. I thought that was really cool. And then Elton John got a song during the end credits, which felt super weird. <laughs> I to go from all this music and hard period to like 1970s Elton John was just completely off to me but i guess it's the end of the movie so they don't have to care at that point i don't know I, now, like I now, said, did, it, now did they play i i'm still standing by elton john at the very end because you made it through the movie <laughs> i wish i just the whole time i was counting down the until it was gonna be done i just like i said i didn't connect with it and, you know i just think fade the favorites one of those movies where it almost has to be nominated it has a decent cast you know it's in it's whether it be no matter what time frame, if if it's a period piece, like it's just one of those that's usually going to get picked out from the crowd and is going to get nominated. It these movies are few and far between, but they still have an audience that runs. Obviously, you can see from things like Downtown Abbey and that that can last. There's still audiences for them, and they seem to be popular. I don't know who watches Victorian Good area like you. you know period pieces, but 
it's I get it. I mean, I there's a reason why I didn't watch it. And I'm not saying there's not a knock and it's a bad movie. It doesn't, you know, I, I'm very open-minded to movies, but I I am one of those people that's, if it's very, very slow moving, it tends to draw me out. And that seems like Roma. I did watch Roma, and we'll get to that one later, but it was long and drawn out like that one as well, too. That two hours and 20 minutes of my life, I won't get back. But I want to move on to my favorite movie. Probably tied for my yes. fi- it's It's tied. This There's another movie we'll talk about later in this one. And we are talking about Green Book with Mahersh Ali and Viggo Mortensen. I yes. was very surprised by this movie. Obviously, we're doing a True Detective series. Plug for that. With Mahersh Ali in it. And you get to see how great he is. Because this was a whole different scene of what, than what you've normally got to see him as. And this was another kind of really character-driven movie that I I enjoyed. This was one that even was slower and isn't even something that's my normal change of pace, but it drew me in as a story and just, I was fascinated. I didn't want to stop watching. And that doesn't happen a lot. Very early on. To me, when this movie opens, it feels almost like a mobster movie. You know, it's an old timey, like he was the guy that everybody knew and he gets laid off. He's a, he's a bouncer at a a very famed popular club and he doesn't, he needs money coming in. So he picks up a driving job. And we find out that it's Mahershala Ali's character, and it's it's just it's a human growth story, which I thought was really cool. You know, I was very surprised with this movie as well. I it was the last movie that I watched, and it's probably my favorite of the new ones that I watched on the list. It it was a fun movie. It was nice to see the relationship grow and develop between Tony Lip and Doctor Shirley. We get a lot of uh, it's also a a period piece of sorts and so we get the racism you know he is taking a trip deep south and he says it at the beginning of the movie and it we don't really understand what that means i think until the first time we see him play and the first time that even tony vigo mortensen's character sees him play there's this moment of astonishment like that was not the type of musicianship that i was expecting he, he kind of topped my expectations on what he was playing, how he was playing it. Yeah, it really takes him back. And this is, between a lot of the movies, it's a lot of racially charged movies, if you think about it, with Black Klansman, Black Panther, and even this movie here with with Green Book. To me, I think it's three separate ways of telling a story. And I'm not picking just a race, you know, a racist level to, to go by, but looking at it, you have a very more modern take on how race is taken nowadays. I mean, not necessarily just racism, just race relations in general. And then you go to something like Black Klansman, which was a much more harder, like rugged edge kind of movie to show you that racism side or that racial tension at that side. And then we get to a movie like Green Book, where isn't necessarily really too far off of where Black Panther takes. So we're only t- or Black Klansman, we're only talking about a decade, but you're still seeing they wanted to inform you more in this movie. Like when you find out he's playing at you know, essentially like plantations and very, you know, whites only, you see the struggle that he has because with Mahershala Ali's character, he's very diverse. He's very, he's very smart. You get the, obviously the quirky of two worlds thing. You have Tony Lip, who's a loudmouth New Yorker and everything like that. And then you have obviously Mahershala Ali, who's very much a proper, well-educated, very well-spoken man. And you get that, that interaction with them which is great to me it just i like the way they play this it doesn't always seem super awkward 
for the racism that happens in this. And it does happen, and there are those points where it is awkward. But to me, it doesn't hinder from the movie. I still think they made a good movie. And even with bringing in those racial overtones, which are meant to, to make or break that movie, I think it does it just – it toes that line very well. And this is what I'm talking about with, like, Bohemian Rhapsody and other movies where that extra little bit of movie that makes it really good is, is done in this movie. That extra little bit of effort is brought in. There are a couple scenes that, that I – personally really liked Let's talk the about first it. time they ever drink together it's very subtle because up until that point he'd always drank alone and it's not what i noticed about the movie is that certain things that movies would make a big deal about like drinking for the first time they don't it is just there it is a part of the story it is just happening and at the very end of the movie when vigo mortensen gets back home He's talking to his family, and his family calls Dr. Shirley a name. And Viggo Mortensen's character just goes, don't call him that. It was nice, it was simple, and then everybody's like, okay, we're not going to call him that. It was really cool to watch that happen. Well, I mean, if you take about that, just taking off that, think about the one of the first scenes where he has, uh, when, in the, when he's in his apartment, he has two black gentlemen who are working on the house, or they work on the plumbing or the sink. And he takes two glasses that his wife had provided for them to drink out of, and he threw them away turn all the way to the end of the movie where he's now defending the said person that he threw kind of glasses away, that same race. I think it was a nice, really, it was a nice turn. And with this is it's usually one singular moment that all of a sudden it kicks over. This was a scene where this was a movie where every scene you could tell he broke a little bit more away from that, you know, just being that racist mm -hmm. self. You could tell him he was turning into a different person on the other side, with Mahershala Ali, I felt it took a little bit longer for him. I think it took longer to realize. And it makes sense with how they give his character being so smart that when it clicks with him that final time, it's it's that wonderful rush. And it, it, it marries those two together. And I think that's what makes it, that's what makes the story so good. With all of these movies, this is one of those things that this separates them. And this, to me, was the best story told. Now we get into Roma. You want me to take this one? Yeah, I'm going right. to let you lead this one. All right, so the next movie is Roma. This is really big. This is another big moment for Oscars. This is making Netflix a movie studio. This is... Kind of. Hey, it's an Oscar-nominated film from a streaming service. You know, this is... Kind of. I know. Here's... Kind of. I know it was still released elsewhere to for the rules to happen. But when you think about it, how are most people going to go see this? They're going to log on to Netflix and they're going to turn on their TV and watch it. And that's how I watched it, which was nice. This was a cool thing to have for once, especially with a movie like this, where I'm definitely not paying to go see this movie in the theater. This was nice to be able to see in the comfort of my home, give or take how this movie turned out. To me, this was a very depressing movie and it was a very real movie. Why I enjoyed this film, and which more than I actually thought I would, even though it's a foreign film and there's all these other things that contribute to it, like you said with The Favorite, that's not your kind of film. Same with, um, for me, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of foreign films. I do like those certain ones, but they're very, very few far in between for me. This was nice to see. Cinematography is fantastic. This should win for cinematography. This I totally agree on that. This has the most beautiful shots. And I'll give something in particular to this. There is a scene with a riot happening, and they're at a store. The camera pans from the street view into the store, and it has everything happens in one shot. It's one live shot in continuous, and 
for this to happen, that's why it didn't win. For, it's not going to win for editing is because it's so well done and how he orchestrates it before they hit go makes that scene play out so organically. This is about there's a lot of one shots. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. It, it all comes off as one shots because it's just panning back and forth. And so there's no need for the editing. Yeah. And when it comes to that. This is a heartbreaking story. This is of a young lady who is a basically a housekeeper in Mexico. And this is all over the race relations in the 1970s, if I'm not mistaken. It's hard to put into words how this, because there's so many different storylines. But let's just follow her, because she's obviously the one being nominated for Best act, best Actress. This follows her as she gets, she lives her life. She's a caretaker. She ends up getting knocked up by a man who doesn't want anything to do with her. And it's the struggle of being pregnant and being in this type of world and not feeling loved. There's a, there's a lot of heartache that goes through with this. And it's not even that. It's what happens further along in the movie with her. It's just such a heartbreaking series of events for that entire family and that entire group that even though where it takes place in time in Mexico during this revolution, it doesn't feel like it. It's such a secondary part of this world. And though he brings it and wraps it beautifully together so you mirror the two, and that's why I think it it played better off and it came off better to me and the reason why I liked it more is – how he chose to play the separate stories of the family and then the world around it and then mirroring them together. And many times when we see that, it's five five or six different storylines that mirror together all at one time. It was kind of nice to simplify it and really explain both and why they're happening, and then they come together at different points in the movie. When I think about this, there's certain scenes that are I think are definitely heartbreaking. I think there's scenes that are very powerful. It's not going to be a watch for everybody, but for the people that want to watch it, I think we'll get a lot something out of it. And I don't think it's just a wasted pick when it comes to the Oscars. I think it's very well done. But unfortunately for, I forget the director's name, Alfonso Cuaron. 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 This isn't, this isn't Gravity. You know, this isn't a big budget or a space movie where it's exciting. So I think even though he's in his point in his wheels house, I still think... It's just not popular enough of a new movie that I think it's going to get over with everybody. I, I do think it'll, hands down, win Best Foreign Language Film. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It didn't need to be two hours and 15 minutes. No. I think it could have been 90 minutes max. <laughs> Hurry up the and depression. The first hour of, of movie didn't really do anything for me. No, it was, it was slow. Just, it, it felt like it wasted my time. Well, it was basically setting up a life. There were little things here and there, but... Overall, like once once we got into about fifty minutes, I was like, okay, this is where the movie could have started. Uh, like I say, I, I I also get why it was nominated from a filmmaking standpoint. The sound design, the cinematography, um, even it was it was actually shot in color and then put into black and white. So it wasn't an artistic choice to to move it that way, which worked for the story. I think it did, but it just didn't didn't hit me. And so I, I do think it'll win Best Foreign Language Film. I do think it has a shot. I think it'll come neck and neck to The Favorite and this for Best Cinematography. But I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. Now we get to the other favorite. Or I think the other, I think it's a two-horse race. I think it's between Green Book and I think it's between this next movie and A Star is Born. I know it's a, re, I know it's a retelling, but I think the way Bradley Cooper does this in such a... He blends the music... And he blends the storyline so well together. And I think he becomes off such a likable character. Not just who he is as a person, but I think 
when you look at the story and how it is like a rising star and a falling star and declining and how that works together and how when they, they have that brief moment of bliss together, I mean, that's essentially what this is. I think you don't hate his character as much, which I think makes it so much more heartbreaking throughout the movie, and that's a choice to make. You could either make him be a dick and you hate the character, and that's why you see the transgression in, in the careers, but the way he plays it is just so well, I think is so well done, and it, you really enjoy it. And the supporting cast that you have, obviously Lady Gaga's fantastic in it, but obviously Sam Elliott's in it and he's nominated for best supporting actor. I think the few scenes that he's in are so emotionally charged. When you think of Bradley Cooper, obviously he's been in very serious movies like, you know, American Sniper and he obviously he's been in very funny things like The Hangover and you've seen him in all these different types of, you know, roles. When you look at him in this, it just seems so much more genuine that when he got a chance to direct and do something himself, you could tell he really put himself into it and that's why I think this movie's so good. I think the original song with Shallow, with Lady Gaga and him, I think is fantastic. I really do enjoy that song. And I just think that was another little addition. That's one of the reasons why I think this movie is so good. On a filmmaking side as far as light, one thing that I noticed watching it was that red light was present in a lot of the scenes. And it usually showed up during scenes that Bradley Cooper's character was down or depressed or super drunk there was always some type of red light and then at the very end when you see gaga that same red light is showing on her because this is right after he spoiler takes his life and so you, you the red is presented as this is how their darkness is shown on the outside that last scene where unfortunately he does take his own life is the way he shoot, shot that, I thought, was very interesting. The very bottom half of yeah. the screen, but you know, bottom half of the angle, you know, roll it in. I I thought that was really. You don't cool. see his face. You don't see his face. I love that he puts the last thing you see is just him put the hat on the table, and that's mm -hmm. it. I thought that was really well done. But that's just from more of a, a if you're talking about scenes. I thought that was a really well done scene, or at least I thought it was interesting to me. You're more of that technical side, but I liked how that was shot. I liked the live. The, I thought when the, you saw the concerts and the live music, it played very more raw, and I liked that. It did, just didn't seem super choreographed mm -hmm. like you would see a Bohemian Rhapsody where you could tell it was one shot here, where that which he did that, so it was supposed to be remade just like that, and then you would see a yeah. crowd shot. This was, you saw it from the very back side of the stage. You know, I liked seeing that raw feel where you'd see Gaga on the side of the stage before she was really popular or she would just hang out. I liked being able to see those different views and those different sides. And I think he played that very well. I just thought the story was really well done. Again, the story is very long as well, too. It, you, you, you get engrossed into it. But at the same time, too, it's a lot. It is a very, very emotionally heavy movie. It, it from the very moment that movie begins to the very moment the end credits roll, you are on an emotional roller coaster. Now, the final movie on this list is Vice. Christian Bale has already won a Golden Globe for his acting in this, and I think he does definitely have a shot at doing it again. The biggest takeaway from this movie is Dick Cheney is a bastard. <laughs> Apparently he is referred to at times as Darth Cheney, so it shows how kind of much of an asshole he is. It, I sat down to watch it with all my roommates, and none of us thought it would be as artistic as it was. The way that the story was told was done very artistically. It was also done very well. It also wasn't as political as I thought it would have been. 
Um, it just showed Dick Cheney and, and how he did things, how he became who he became. And it wasn't just the political side of it. Well, yeah, I think you're right, though. I think with a movie like this, with such a heavy politician or a very famous name, do you think that's what you're going to get a lot of the time? And it's kind of nice because, you know, you almost feel like you'll enjoy it more because you can actually sit down and enjoy it from a, a non-biased perspective. When, and Christian Bale definitely killed it. He mm-hmm. It was interesting because he did put on all the weight. He actually came out and said that this was the last role that he was going to manipulate his body for. But he used vocal and physical mannerisms while speaking as Dick Cheney. Little things like uh, moving his mouth and smacking his lips. Little things like that that really brought the character to life. Especially having to change his body. You know, he's done it so many times going from The Machinist where he was like 90 pounds to Batman Begins in the Dark Knight and then back to The Fighter where he was like 120 pounds and then back to The Dark Knight Rises, then to this. So he's he's played roller coaster with his body and his weight and he's getting to the point where he knows that he needs to stop. And that's why he's he's doing that. It's for his personal health. But I don't think a fat suit would have really brought the character to life than how Bale did it. I think Adam McKay did a really good job with this movie and it does bring to light how much of a bastard dick cheney was we have all of our oscar nominations now so let me get your final prediction now before all this happens on sunday who do you think is going to walk away with the oscar for best picture i think as an overall film from filmmaking story all of those i really think green book will win and I think this because, at least for me, cinematography being special and every scene having that pan and tilt and zoom and track takes me out of it. It reminds me that I'm watching a movie. The notes that I even wrote down for Green Book were very minimal because I was so invested in the story, I didn't want to look away. And I think that is what a movie should be when it's up for best picture. Obviously, I would love to see Black Panther win, but I think everybody has come to terms with that not happening, um, which is okay with. Obviously, an Oscar nom is big enough, but I think Green Book will win it. I agree. I really do. Uh, the heart that this movie has, I think the education and what you bring away from it, I think you get more out than even than what you put into watching it. I just think it's so powerful. This took a story that I don't think a lot of people knew, and I, I think it educates. And Mahershala Ali is just so damn good from watching him in True Detective and just other things, but to really see him come to light and just be more polished, I think he brings that character to life. I think Viggo Mortensen really brings that character to life as well, too. I think in the beginning you're kind of annoyed by him and you can kind of see why he doesn't like him, but you really fall in love with him, and I think he plays that charming side so well and that it really draws you in because when he's on screen, I enjoy it. I Overall, I think Green Book would... I think Green Book should win. Well, you heard it here, folks. We both think that Green Book is going to win. Yes. What do you think? Tell us on Twitter. Tell us on Facebook. WTAE Podcast. With that being said, thank you for tuning in for our Oscars episode. My name is B. Frank. And I'm Travis. And we are worth the admission.